Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Those of you who may be new with us, we are uh, continuing our series, second week in our series entitled Chasing the Wind, uh, walking through uh, Solomon's, um, uh, you know, uh, written uh, word, right, the inspired, inspired by God, written word uh, to uh, folks, right, just kind of chronicling his life and just uh, uh, really a self-reflection of his life, if you will. Uh, dude that uh, man was the wisest man to ever live, richest man to ever live, and then was led astray um, uh, by uh, by folks that weren't following the Lord and found himself in a place where he was chasing everything. And he is recounting those days in his life where he had it all. And he realized that, man, none of that satisfied at the end of the day. Um, but at the end of the day, what does satisfy is Jesus Jesus, as the word says, the name above every name, right? Uh, Jesus. Uh, and I'll go ahead and just say it. Man, those of you in here that are looking for something, right, to outside of Jesus, man, you're not going to find it unless you choose to come to Jesus uh, and surrender to uh, him. And so we're looking at uh, uh, this series entitled Chasing the Wind, where he speaks to all this stuff that he chased after was uh, like vanity, uh, meaningless, like chasing the wind, literally like a vapor, just here for a moment and then gone. Right. It's pleasing for a moment, then gone. But what he realized at the end of the day, what really matters in the end, right, what really satisfies is fearing God and keeping his uh, commandments. And so Ecclesiastes chapter three, uh, we're going to see him here talk about the concept of time, uh, time uh, and what uh, time is. Uh, I, I believe Solomon best describes time here uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter three. I know. Uh, throughout the world, we've seen quotes about time. Uh, throughout uh, the history of the world, we've seen songs come out about time, you know, regardless of generation. You think back to that old song by Otis Redding called uh, uh, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, right? He says he's just simply wasting time. Uh, that old song by that band Green Day for some of our younger folks, right? They talk about good, good uh, rinse, you know, time of my life, right, uh, that we hear at graduations and such all the time. Right. Uh, that song, Time After Time. Right. Uh, Y'all remember some of those old songs? I think Cher might have sang that or Cindy Lauper, one of those two. Um, but remember the, some of those songs pertaining to time, all that talking about different instances regarding time. But I think Solomon here best describes what time is really about. And uh, we're going to see that here in Ecclesiastes chapter three. We're going to read the whole chapter together. So if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And uh, and this is what the word of the Lord says. You don't have a Bible. The verses will be on the screen. You can follow along. It says this for everything. There is a season and a time for every manner under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep Silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. 
What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Another word for beautiful there is appropriate. Um, He's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything be taken away from it. God has done it so that his people, so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has already, what has been driven away. Verse 16. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness, and in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every manner and for every Work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath and man has no advantage over the beast. All is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust and to the dust they shall return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work. For that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Entitled the message simply this, the reality of time. Uh, And how I want to speak to this is highlighting what we see here in in Solomon's uh, word, right? Uh, The reality of time and then talk about some takeaways for us uh, where we'll hone in on verses 9 through 14 together. Uh, But again, before we do that, I want to speak to the reality of time uh, and what Solomon describes here. He describes time, right, in, in three different ways. We see verses 1 through 8, right? We see that he speaks of the fact that there is a time to live. Verses 1 through 8 are really descriptors of what, right, all mankind experience in their life. Right? There is a time, right, for them to experience, man, joy and sorrow. There's a time to experience, man, grief and mourning and a time to experience, right, to happiness. There's a time to man, experience some of these things that is talked about here. These are descriptors of what humankind, what they face in life. The reality is, man, there is a time to live. And by the way, I'll go ahead and say this free of charge here, right? We see that throughout life, if you live long enough, man, you're going to experience, man, the highest of highs, but also the lowest of the lows. You are. And, and here's the truth today, right? The fact of the matter is, right, the good stuff in our life points us, man, to the greatness of God and ought to lead us to worship him. And the sorrows in our life ought to point us, right, to our need for God and the fact that there's more to this life than just what we experience here. It's the truth. 
There is a time to live. And man, throughout life, we're going to experience what we see Solomon talk about here. These descriptors in verses one through eight. Secondly, man, we see that there is a time to die. He says in verse 17 and 18 that man, hey, all men come from dust. And at one point in time, man will return to dust. The reality is 10 out of 10 people are going to die and die. And unless the Lord comes back, right, and, and, and raptures up, takes the, the believers home, hey, we're going to experience death as well. Question is, are you ready for it? And then thirdly and lastly, we see here that there is a time for judgment. Time for judgment. He describes that here in his discourse in uh, verse 16 and 17. As well, right? He said, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. Hebrews 9, 27 says that it is according to man to once die and then face judgment. Judgment is coming. We will one day be judged for this life. And we'll talk more about that in a second, what that looks like for us. Question is, are you ready for that? Listen, the reality of life is that it's full of seasons, full of seasons. Man, full of turmoil and full of triumph, right? Full of joy and full of sorrow. The reality of life is that it's full of mysteries. Man, the mystery is some folks live longer than others, right? I don't understand that. Some folks walk through more sorrow than others. I don't understand that. But here's what I do know, and, and the reality of time today, and I want you guys to understand this, that, hey, the God who created us, the God who is over us, he is over time as well, and he is in control. He's in control. And so our call, man, is to rest in him, number one, but two, hey, to make the most of the time that we've got. Because, by the way, I'll go ahead and throw this in for no charge as well. Hey, time that's talked about here in the Hebrew and the Hebrew, the Hebrew word for it, it's in the singular. It's in the singular. It's not in the plural, it's in the singular. Meaning this, hey, we only got one chance at this life. One shot. And so the call for us is to make the most of it. The reality of time, won't we? pray together. Lord God, we love you. God, I pray right now, wherever we may be today, Lord, I I, I just ask and pray that that you would meet us here. Some folks took everything they could just to get here with their family, Lord, and knowing that they need you. I pray that you would meet with them here. Some folks are here just because they feel like it's obligatory. and I pray that you'd meet with them here today. Some folks are really walking through it. God, I pray that you'd meet them here. God, I ask over these next few moments that you would speak to us through your word, Lord. And, Lord, that we would choose to be folks that respond, Lord, to the reality of time and what it's about, God. We love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. This morning, I, I want to focus on three takeaways, right, regarding the reality of time that we see here. The, the reality of uh, this subject of time that Solomon talks about here. I want to highlight three takeaways today man, that I hope that I hope encourage us um, and lead us to make the most of the time that we have in this life. The first takeaway statement that I've got here is this. Since God is in control, 
Since God's in control, we ought to choose to embrace his plan. Since God is in control, we ought to choose to embrace his plan. Look at verse 11 here. The first part of it, it says this. He, talking about God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Talking about God's control there. Right? Him being sovereign over all. And chapter 3, verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season, a time for ma- for every man are under heaven. We know that God is, is not under heaven. He sits above heaven. He is in heaven, reigning there. He is in control. And listen, since he is in control of time, since he's the author of it, since he's in control of it, right, the call for us is to choose to embrace his plan. The good news is that God is sovereign. He is in control, right, and, and is, in, is working in and through every detail of your life and my life. And because of that, man, we ought to choose to embrace his plan. Here's a verse I love talking about God being in uh, control. Daniel 2, verses 20 uh, through 21, the uh, second part of it says, this, right, Daniel, man, praising the Lord for who he is after his initial encounter uh, there with Nebuchadnezzar says this. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belongs wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Hey, listen, since God is in control, we ought to choose to embrace his Plan. You may say, Pastor Irv, how do we do that? What does that look like, embracing his plan? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Hey, first and foremost, first way you embrace his plan is choose to remember this and choose to do this. Choose to let God be God. Hello. Hey, choose to let God be God in your life. Choose to understand that his ways are higher than your ways. I know that's a buzz, buzz phrase, let God be God. But choose, hey, choose to let him be that. The second part of verse 11, or the last part of verse 11, says this. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. At the end of the day, God is God. And and to be honest with you, the stuff in our life, man, hey, we're not going to be able to perceive on this side of eternity why it's happening. When it's happening. But the reality is, because he's in control, we ought to embrace his plan. Let God be God in your life. Let God be God in your life. Listen, can, can I just be honest with you for a second? Listen, I, I, I don't understand, man, why you, hey, you're currently walking through what you're walking through at this current moment. But, you, but God does, so let him choose to be God. Can I, can I be personal for a second? Listen, I, I don't understand why I had to walk in a little over a year ago, right into my house, and find my dad dead right there on the bed at that point in time in my life. No one around, far away from family. I, I don't understand that. I don't get it. But, but listen, man, the call is because, because of God being in control and, and him being ruler of my life, man, and understanding that he is good, man, I got to choose to let him be God. His plans are greater in that moment. He, he allowed for that to happen for a purpose and a reason. I don't know why, man, you have that chronic illness. Listen, I, I don't understand why you lost that job or, or why your kids are running astray. But, but listen. Man, God is in control. He does. And so choose to let God be God in your life. Let him be God. Here it is. Put you this way. Hey, trust in God's plan, even when it's hard to trace his hand. I mean, I believe I'll say that one more time. I heard a, I heard a couple it was good, but I mean, that's, that's, I'm about to run around this stage right now. Listen, hey, choose to trust in God's plan for your life, man. 
even when it's hard to trace his hand. Man, he, even, he, hey, what we just say, even when you can't see that he's working, he's working. So, man, choose, man, to trust in his plan. Let God be God. Isaiah 45, 5. Hey, listen, I am the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh. And there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. Let God be God in your life. Man, that's what embracing this plan looks like. But secondly, embracing this plan is this. Hey, choose to lean into the gift of life. Lean into the gift of life. Solomon here in this discourse, man, he speaks to this rather. Hey, I I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure, man, in his toil. Listen, find joy in this life. Hey, even, hey, find joy in the blessings that we have. We've talked about it throughout. Talked about it throughout. It's so easy. It's so easy to live a life of pessimism. But bless God, the fact that we're in him, listen, we ought to be constantly joyful. Because even if we had nothing, we have him. And that's enough. But the good news is we've got plenty. He's blessed us with abundance. And so the call for us, man, ought to choose to find joy, to be joyful in this time. Right? Be joyful, man, and, and, and praise God for the gifts he's given you. But also, hey, choose to praise him, right, even in the midst of the mess. Man, because like I said, he is working. Hey, find joy in life, man, even in the sorrow. Because he is at work. Man, find joy even in the brokenness. Brokenness. Man, because God's at work. Y'all remember, y'all remember that old movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, don't you? Remember that? Hey, remember that girl, uh, uh, Veruca Salt? Remember her? Right, the, the, spoil, the spoiled brat? You know, the one that, man, hey, she cried out, you know, to her dad to get her whatever she wanted. And when she didn't, she would just throw a hissy fit. And so her dad lived, you know, I mean, she lived this life of entitlement, where essentially, man, her dad blessed her with, with whatever she wanted. Whenever she didn't get it, she turned into a spoiled black, so spoiled brat. She didn't know how to, you know, <laughs> walk through tough times because, man, she was entitled. Entitled. Hey, listen to me. Hey, God loves us too much to allow for us to become spoiled brats. Hey, y'all, y'all tracking? God loves us too much to allow for us to become spoiled brats. So listen, that, that's why, man. He allows for tough stuff to come up in our life. Man, to, to get us to see that we need him. We need to lean into him. And so the call for us as believers, man, even in the stuff of this life, man, that, that is tough. That's difficult. Choosing, man, to lean into the joy that we have in him. The joys of life, man, praising him for the blessings of But, man, choosing to walk in joy even though life is tough. And how we do that is choosing to look to him, like I said earlier. Hey, the struggles in this life, man, ought to lead us, man, to him. And our need, it ought to bring us to awareness of our need for him, but ought to lead us to him as well. God loves us, man, too much to allow for us to become spoiled brats. That's what will happen. That's what will happen if he just allows good stuff to happen in our life. Allows for tough stuff to come up in our life, man, because he wants us to grow in him. The reality is that God uses pleasure and pain to bring us closer to Christ and conform us into the image of him. The good in our life we experience helps to point us to the Lord and his goodness, but the difficulty as well, difficult we experience ought to point us to the Lord and our need for him. Listen, because God is in control, choose to embrace his plan. 
It's the first thing that we see here. First takeaway for us. Second takeaway response and that we see here is this. Hey, since God has placed eternity on our hearts, we ought to choose to live in light of eternity. Since God has placed eternity on our hearts, man, our call for us ought to choose to, ought to be to choose to live in light of eternity. The reality of this life, friends, is that this life is not the end. It's not. It's not. I know some, you know, religious say, hey, whenever we die, we cease to exist. That's not true. Not true. The reality is, hey, this, this life, man, it, it, once we die, it's just the beginning. Just beginning. And, and we have brought, we've been brought to that sense of that reality because God has placed eternity in our hearts. He says it in verse 11 here. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. God has created, is placed in our hearts this yearning for something more. And so the call for us, man, is to look to live a life, man, that's investing in eternity. I heard a song one time, one of my favorite bands, they came up with a song a long time ago, um, one of my favorite bands, Shane and Shane, they got a song called uh, Over the Sun uh, that speaks, you know, to, it's talking about Ecclesiastes, but speaks to this reality, right, uh, this call for us as Christians, man, to Get over the sun because life is truly hidden there. It's truly hidden there. Live this life over the sun. Solomon speaks of that all throughout this book. The call for us is to understand that, man, hey, we're called to live for eternity. So, so let's look to invest in eternity. Look to build God's kingdom, right? To invest in stuff that lasts forever. Look at what Paul says in Philippians 3, 17 through 21. Says this, brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end sadly is destruction. Their God is their belly and the glory and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. That's who we were before Christ. But look what it says. Verse 20. But our citizenship. Those of us, he's talking to the believers there. in Philippi. Hey, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to be subject, to subject all things to himself. Man, since the Lord has made us for more than just this life, let's look to live for more than just this life. Man, let's look to invest in eternity. Hey, listen, what that looks like is this. Choosing to make the most of your time, man, by by pouring in and and, and investing, right? Giving Jesus to your kids. Hey, sports is great. Activities are great. But them falling in love with their Savior is even better. Give them Jesus. Listen, what that looks like is, hey, those that are married in the room, hey, looking to invest in y'all's relationship with the Lord together. Yes, work is work is great. Pursuing a career is awesome. But you guys together, man, falling in love with Jesus is even better. It's better. It, hey, it looks like this, man, and it's choosing to, instead of just seeing that co-worker as just another, right, a, a, a person in a sea of faces, that's your work. It's choosing to engage and have a conversation with them. Because y'all being, you know, buddy-buddy is great and good, but man, them coming to know Jesus is better. It's better. Choosing to invest in eternity, man, is looking to build God's kingdom one brick at a time. 
Man, that means, man, giving to those who have needs outside the walls of this church. Man, hey, vacations are awesome. Man, new stuff for your kids and family is awesome. Man, but, but giving, man, to kingdom work, man, to those that are in need so they can hear the gospel, man, that, it's better. Man, let's look to live to invest in eternity. It's living out what Romans 12 says, man. We're, this call to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to him. Let's look to build eternity, man. What does that look like in your life? What are you investing in? What are you giving to? How are you spending that time, that precious time that God has given you? What does that look like in your life? Man, let's look to build God's kingdom. Let's look to invest in eternity. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Greatest sermon ever. Probably had a whole bunch of people there, man. The Sermon on the Mount. One of his few sermons he preached to the crowds. That's what he said. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Hey, listen, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The question today is this, hey, where is your treasure? Man, if, if you're simply focused on the here and now, right, chances are, man, your treasure is going to be just on the here and now. The call for us, man, is to be focused on eternity and focus on investing in that in our life. Hear me, man. I, hey, listen, I get it. Bills need to get paid. I get it. Hey, kids, hey, kids need to eat. You got to get groceries for them. Vacations are great. Listen, hey, just think on eternity. Invest in eternity. What does that look like in your life and in your family's life? Since God has placed eternity in ours, listen, let's look to invest in eternity. Then third and final response, takeaway that we get from Solomon's discourse here on time is this. Since God will one day judge the world, we ought to entrust our lives to Since God will one day judge the world. It says it here. Look at verse 16. Solomon, he came to this understanding. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. Brokenness. Talking about the the, the, uh, state of humanity. Man, we're broken at the end of the day. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work man in this last section man he is speaking to the reality of judgment coming judgment coming and like we talked about last week right that that uh, god is speaking to two different types of people the reality is there's two different types of people in the world i know hey i know and i love it by the way we're in a room full of folks man different backgrounds different ethnicities different seasons of life i get that but the reality is there's only two types of people sinners and saints there's only two types of people and the question is, number one, hey, where are you going to, where do you line up there? And two, man, are, are you ready for the judgment when it comes? The Bible speaks about two different types of judgments. For the person who is classified as sinner, those, the, those people that don't know Christ, speaks in Revelation 20 of what is known as the great white throne judgment. Right? When you come to that judgment, it's going to be too late. 
for you to respond to the gospel. The Bible says you'll be cast into what is known as the lake of fire. You're cast into a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. This real place called hell where you'll spend forever separated from God. Judgment for the sinner. But the saint as well. We see there's a judgment there. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us right there is what is known as uh, the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ. Where the believer is going to be judged, man, for every deed that they've done in this life. Be judged. And whenever, man, whenever we're judged, right, we're going to receive these crowns that one day we're going to be able to place at the feet of Jesus. That judgment isn't indicative of, you know, our salvation. Right. We're saved. But, hey, the reality is, man, some folks are going to show up, as Second Peter says, as if they just barely escaped hell's flames. Nothing to show for this life on earth. While others are going to come, man, hey, with with uh, uh, crowns, man, full of diamonds because of the work that they've done. The point is this. Are you ready for it? Since judgment is coming, the call for us in Christ, man, is to entrust our lives to him. Trust our lives to him. What that means for the lost person is this. Those of you in here who don't know Christ yet, don't know Christ yet. What that means for you is to choose to believe in him. Believe in him. Listen, that that's be the greatest decision. That would be the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life, believing in him. I made that decision. I was 16 years old, junior in high school. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a terrible kid. You know, I knew a good bit of church knowledge. You know what I'm saying? But I was lost. I was searching. You know, I had this pipe dream of one day, Brother Tony, man, maybe making it to the NFL. But my dad told me, you know, real quick, he, said, he didn't say it like this, but he, said, he basically could have said it like this. Son, look at me and your mom. We're both real short. Chances are you're going to be real short. <laughs> we don't have enough athletic ability. So, hey, hey your, your chances are slim, son. Chances are slim. This Toby has that, that, that's the, you know, he, he was a little, little more rougher than that, but that's how he said Pipe dream, man. I, I, but that was what I was, I had no plan, no direction, no future. And then, man, I found Jesus. Changed my life, man. Greatest decision I ever made. Person who doesn't know Christ, man, believing in him is the greatest decision you'll ever make. Because the reality is, hey, at the end of the day, 10 out of 10 of us will die. And so choose to believe on him. Salvation. Choose to turn from your sin and trust in him. I love this quote from St. Augustine, one of the pillars of Christian faith. He wrote around the fourth century. Says this, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Listen, person who doesn't know Christ, man, you're searching trying to figure out the meaning of life. Hey, you, you're going to be restless. Your soul's going to be restless. You're going to be constantly searching until you choose to turn and trust in Christ. Hey, believe in Him. The good news, man, like Brother Dwayne, like that old song goes, hey, there's still room at the cross. There's still room at the cross for you today. Hey, person here that's been playing church for a while that you know don't, you don't have a relationship with God, hey, there's still room at the cross for you. Your good works isn't enough. Man, we're sinners separated from God. But what Jesus did on that cross a little over 2,000 years ago, he did it for you. You can choose to turn and trust in him today. Man, believe in him because judgment is coming. And then for the saint in here today, majority of us, hey, for the saint, hey, your response is to choose to look to him. Look to him. Man, that's really Solomon's plea here as he writes this, uh, this this whole book essentially he's looking back at his life 
He's looking back at the successes that he had and then the time that he fell away and chased after these things. And you can almost read between the lines here and see, man, his heart. Guys, hey, listen, don't be like me, man. I chased this stuff. Man, I knew the Lord. I saw what the Lord did, you know, through through my dad, David. I saw what he did in my life. Listen, don't, don't choose to chase this stuff, man. It's just going to leave you empty at the end of the day. Man, man, choose to look to the Lord. Look to him. Hey, child of God, listen. It, it's great, the blessings and stuff that God has given you in your life, man. But don't make those things gods in your life. Don't, don't make those things idols in your life. Man, man, look to the Lord. Let him be the ruler of your life, the leader of your life. Look to him. And because he is worth it all. And look to him, man. Choose to invest in your personal time with God, man. Hey, choose to make gathering with God's saints in church a priority, man. They choose to worship him, not just on Sunday, but every other day of the week. And choose to look to him. Look to him. As I was finishing up this sermon on, on Thursday, um, you know, God brought an oldie but goodie song to, to my heart, um, you know, uh, uh, old song you know, called Hungry, you know, by, by Vineyard uh, Church, um, and just began to listen to that, man, and it really stirred, uh, stirred my heart, right, uh, and, and just kind of took me back to keeping the main thing the main thing, because it's so easy just in this Christian life because of stuff that we've got going on to uh, divert our eyes away from him. Find ourselves looking around instead of looking up to him. Now, I want to read the verse of that song to you. And then the chorus. And then, and then we'll wrap up the sermon today. It says, this hungry I come to you, for I know you satisfy. I am empty, but I know that your love does not run dry. And so I choose to wait for you. I wait for you. Then it goes into course there. I'm falling on my knees. Offering all of me. Jesus, you're all this heart is living for. And I've heard that song thousands of times. Um, sang it a time or two in middle school youth group. But man, at that moment, you know, the Lord, you know, brought to my heart this simple statement. Call for us, you know, as his followers, to call for us as his people, man, is to choose to fall more deeply in love with him. Fall more deeply in love with him. And by spending time with him in prayer and in his word, man. Spending time worshiping him, keeping the main thing the main thing. So believer, man, choose to look to him. Look to him. Because judgment's coming. Hey, listen, it it is, man, through our investment and our personal walk with God that he stirs our affections for him more deeply, man. And we're moved and motivated to want to follow him, man, in obedience to serving him and his church, giving to him by inviting folks to come and behold this precious gift known as salvation that comes through knowing him. And it's through your walk with God. And so choose to invest in your walk with him. Spend time with him. Listen to his voice, man, as he speaks to you.
Listen, the reality of time. Listen, church, let's make the most of it.